What is up, everybody? My name is Ryan. I'm in studio here with Mike Lauer. What's up, Mike? The Vikings lost. If you were there on Sunday, of course, this will be broadcast a couple of weeks after. But uh, my, my Denver Broncos beat the Vikings. Sorry, pal. But uh, good news is I, I won four free burritos and a couple of wagers. One with Mike, one with my father-in-law. Uh, John owes me a burrito, and my uncle Kurt owes me one. Anyway, hey, we're not here to talk about the Broncos. We're here to talk about week. We are in the third week of Advent, and we are in the love week. And uh, just a moment ago, Mike broke out in a a rendition of the B-52's Love Shack. But uh, we're not here for that either, so we're going to keep moving. But anyway, you know, when people talk about why God made the world, a lot of people sort of offer up these conjectures about why, why, why did God create the world? Why do you exist? And some people will say, well, you were made to worship God. And I, fine, I, I get the understanding behind that. But like, really, if God made creatures to worship him, it feels a little bit self-serving, you know, like as though God needed to create a bunch of beings to just worship him. So I don't think that's the answer. Others will say, well, God was lonely. Like, well, I don't I don't know if God was lonely if, you know, if you ascribe to a Trinitarian theology that, that God is Trinity, triune, that there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then God wasn't lonely because God in and of God's self is a community, you know, sort of a triune being, which is quite lovely. But well, the the answer I would I would I would suggest we're running out of time here is that uh, God is love. The Bible says that, and love. If you think about love, love always creates. I mean, if you think about the act of sex, for example, sex is this incredible, uh, ideally this loving act. It's probably the most physically intimate you can be with a person, and many times the act of sex creates a new life, and so love always creates. So. I think that God, in and of God's self, the triune being, was overwhelmingly a being of love, and so love just always creates. So the world was created, you were created, I was created, Chipotle burritos were created out of love. I know it sounds cliche, but I think it's really absolutely true. And for the earliest Christians, the story of salvation was an entirely was entirely one of rescue all the way through. There's this great theologian who says it this way, he says that the epic of God descending into the depths of human estrangement to release his creature from bondage to death, penetrating even into the heart of Hades to set the captives free and to recall his prodigal children and restore a broken creation. This is the whole point of creation. And then, of course, here in Advent, we celebrate the coming of the Christ child. Why does God come to earth? Well, love, it's its a, a story of rescue through and through. And three of my favorite stories in the Gospel of Luke, I think, depict this wonderfully. It's, the, it's a three sort of, uh, it's three stories that are told, you know, one after the other by Jesus. And, and when you read them, you really should read them all and interpret each of them with the other two. So it's the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son found in Luke chapter 15. And I love it. These are stories about God coming to rescue us, which is what the Advent story is. God coming to earth in Jesus is a great rescue mission motivated by love. And so in the sheep story, you know, the sheep gets lost. It wanders off. This is what sheep do. If you know sheep, they're kind of dumb. They don't always know better. They wander off. They get lost. They get stuck in the brambles and they need help. And so in the story, it's a really short one. Jesus says, hey, look, the shepherd leaves everything and goes to find it. 
And he carries it back joyfully, the text tells us, on his shoulders. And I always imagine, because sheep are just, they don't know better. They're kind of stubborn. They're obstinate. They're kind of dumb. So I imagine that sheep, like, kicking the whole way back, like, and the shepherd's exerting all this energy, like, God, you sheep, come on, I'm trying to help you out here. And the sheep's just being a knucklehead. And the, the shepherd drags the sheep back out of love. The shepherd doesn't want to lose that one lost sheep. And then it says he gathers his friends and his neighbors to celebrate because the sheep is brought back home. Then right away after, there's a story of the lost coin. And there's this woman, by the way, who represents the God character in the story. It's awesome that God sort of in this story is is, uh, is coming in the, in the story anyway in the form of a woman. And so there's this woman who's looking her whole house over for this coin that she lost. And she turns everything upside down and it says, until she finds the coin. She won't stop looking until she finds the coin. Because sometimes coins get lost. They get dropped and they fall in the crevices or down the drain or whatever. And she will stop at nothing until she finds the coin. And this is what God does. He stops at nothing until he finds the lost one. So then he, then the woman, she gathers her friends and neighbors and they celebrate that she found this lost coin. And then, of course, the three-headed story ends with the lost son and the son goes to his father says, can I have have my inheritance now? I want it. Basically, culturally, he's saying, I wish you were dead because, you know, young kids wouldn't get their inheritance until the the parents died. And then also that money that he's asking for actually belongs to the entire community. So he's saying, hey, dad, I wish you were dead. Also, I don't really care about the whole community or their embitterment. I want what's mine. And it's really the slap in the face of the father and the whole the whole village, really. It's a severe offense. And in every way, the father probably would have disowned the son. The whole village, the whole tribe would disown this young man and bid him farewell. Sometimes they'd even have like a fake funeral for the son, but that would be the end of the, the relationship. It'd be broken, be done. The son takes the money. He doesn't care. He kind of middle fingers the whole world when he leaves and takes the money, goes to foreign places. And he's looking for something, apparently, and he squanders all the money all of it. And he ends up in the worst possible situation for a young Jewish kid. He's in, he's in this pig, uh, this pig pen with unclean pigs that are actually, they're faring better than he is. They've got more to eat. They're better off than this, this, uh, this son is. And, um, he he comes to his senses, the text tells us, and he thinks he gets an idea. I'm going to go back home and maybe I can beg my own father to let me be a servant in the household which a few days ago, I was a son. Now I'm going to go back and beg to be a servant. So the son goes home covered in pig slop and mess, just broken. He's probably ashamed, guilt-ridden, just disgusting. And the father sees him from a long ways off, the text tells us. And I'd imagine that you would make that kid sweat it out a little bit, make him think about what he did wrong, you know, demand an apology or 50 from him to you and to all the whole village. But the father who apparently loves his son, doesn't do any of this. The father sees him, he runs to him, he kisses him, and he gathers friends and neighbors to celebrate. And oddly enough, in the ancient world, grown men of stature and of wealth don't run. It's a shameful act. But the father runs, and he shames himself. Also, kissing your son or like showing any kind of public affection is a shameful act, but the father doesn't care because he loves his son. And he kisses him, I imagine, all over his face, shames himself to bring the boy home. And he gathers friends and neighbors to celebrate. This is the story of Christmas and of Advent. If nothing else, the father who loves us has dove in, dove, dived headfirst into humanity to rescue us, to bring us home. He will stop at nothing until he finds us 
because you and I, like sheep, we wander off like coins. We fall down in the wrong crevices and holes. And like suns, sometimes we just wander off. We squander things looking for something else, uh, not realizing that we had it all along. And so this Advent, may you know the love of God, the love of the Father who will chase you down to find you and drag you back home because he loves you. So anyway, happy third Sunday of Advent or third week of Advent. And may you know the love of the Father today. Peace. Hey, if you enjoy this show, I'd love to have you share it with some friends. And don't forget, you are always welcome to join us in person at Central in Elk River at 8.30, which is our liturgical gathering, or at 10 o'clock, our modern gathering. Or you can check us out online at clcelkriver.org. Peace.